First of all, I want to say welcome to our, our students and our kids that are in here. I know it's a little fuller than normal because all of our families together. Can we welcome our students and kids? I am sure for them it is not quite as fun as uh, it normally is on weekends being in the kids and student ministries. But I really, uh, this is important. Um, as pastor here, I want to find um, just a couple opportunities throughout the year where we can gather and we can remember when we see and when we hear um, that we're a family. And so um, that's why we're doing this. And today's service is going to be a bit unusual um, because we are going to spend some time in praying um, for one another. And we're going to pray over our kids and we're going to pray over our students and parents and some other areas. And so again, we're going to turn this into a prayer meeting today. And as Ashley said, while we may be concluding a series on prayer today. I hope that our prayers do not stop. Uh, let's continue in that 40-day prayer challenge. And if you missed uh, a few days or maybe you're just coming back from vacation and hearing about this and want to dive in, don't stop praying. We're praying at 714 in the morning, 714 in the evening, which coincides with that Second Chronicles uh, chapter 7, verse 14. I will let you know, um, many of you uh, have been going through this resource, 40-day prayer challenge called Draw the Circle. We have more of these available at the uh, New Here Start here out lobby outside of the sanctuary if you want to pick those up. And I love hearing that our church is praying. I talked to some folks earlier this week and they told me their teenagers were setting alarm and they're praying at 7.14 in the morning or at night. So students, thank you for doing that. Uh, I heard one couple, uh, they were driving somewhere running an errand at 7.14 and they pulled the car over and they said, it's time to pray. Uh, another couple was watching Wheel of Fortune and... Um, <laughs> Thank goodness for DVRs, because 20 years ago would have been a lot harder. But they hit pause, and they prayed. So um, it's great. Let's keep, let's keep praying together. Uh, one last announcement before um, I want to show you a scripture, and then we move into a time of, of prayer. One of the ministries, they don't get a lot of attention and publicity necessarily in our church, but it's a powerful ministry, and that is our Bible quizzers. Do we have any Bible quizzers here? Raise your hand. A few. Come on. Awesome. I'm telling you, if you're not familiar, th these group of kids and students, they memorize scripture like nobody's business. And I mean, I'm not talking about the verses Jesus wept in John 3:16 either. I'm talking chunks of scripture. Like if we were to do a competition and have me and Pastor Rock against these, Pastor Rock and I, we would get waxed. Uh, I mean, seriously. And so um, they got a new t-shirt this year and they haven't seen what it looks like. So I would just like to show you Bible quizzers. This is your new t-shirt. I'm sure it will look much better on you than it does on me, but uh, I'm excited to wear that today. And uh, parents, I just want you to know, um, I know there's a need, especially for third to sixth graders. And so um, parents, if you're looking to get your kids connected um, in a ministry, even outside what happens on weekend and midweek, check out the Bible quizzers and um, you can check the welcome desk and they'll give you information on that. Uh, I think we would all acknowledge, I mean, we're here together as a family. Kids are here, students are here, um, parents, grandparents alike, young adults. Um, it's not easy being a follower of Jesus um, in today's culture. How many acknowledge that? 
especially when you are trying to be obedient and live a life according to God's word. Because we have a culture that doesn't look at the Bible as a moral authority or even significant. A lot of people in our culture today think it's antiquated. And why would you live your life according to God's word? For our kids, it's really hard. There's a lot of pressure um, on our kids. If you're a teacher, you understand that. For our students, our middle school students, um, I, I was in the student wing, um, we were looking and praying over the prayer boards and I saw some of the prayers from our students and I was just moved to tears by some of the things and challenges that they're facing. Our young adults raising kids in today's culture. Um, We face a lot of opposition. However, uh, I want to remind us of a couple things. The first and the most important thing um, is this, that when we face challenges because of our faith, prayer must be our first response not our last resort. When we face challenges, um, that's true in all areas of life, but especially when we face challenges because of our faith, kids, students, parents, if you're at work, wherever it may be, when you face those challenges, prayer should be our first response. It shouldn't be our last resort. And I would challenge you to think of how do you respond when your faith is challenged? Do you take to Facebook? Do you take to Twitter? Instagram or whatever it may be, do you take to complaining or is prayer your first response? The second thing I'd like to remind you about is that there are those all over the world, while we may feel or think that we're persecuted, we're really not persecuted. <laughs> there are those all over the world that are persecuted, that, that there are churches today that are meeting in secrecy. They don't have the freedom that we have. There are martyrs that have been murdered throughout the history of the church um, for their faith. And so while I acknowledge that there are challenges for us as Jesus followers um, to live our faith in, in today's world, um, let's not kid ourselves that we are persecuted to the level of, of so many others. In fact, I want to share um, a story with you in the book of Acts. Last week, we talked about how prayer proceeds power, precedes power, that prayer always precedes powerful moves of God. And I showed you a picture of the upper room uh, where they believe that upper room was, where the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. But before that happened, before that powerful move of God, his followers were in there praying. Prayer precedes powerful moves of God. Well, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and empowered believers, you may remember the story Peter preaches an amazing message, and in one day, 3,000 people were added to the church. We call it the birth of the church. 3,000 people in one day. Um, A few chapters later, um, there were 2,000 people added to the church. So it's hard for us to imagine. I mean, uh, Christianity has been around for a couple thousand years. We're gathering in a comfortable building without fear of persecution. But if you would, put yourselves in their shoes for just a moment. Okay, you have just committed your life to Jesus Christ. It's a new faith. It's a new religion. This thing, church, has newly been created. Well, Luke tells us what happens shortly after the birth of Jesus Christ. This is found in Acts chapter 12. Luke writes, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that this was met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. Luke tells us it happened during the festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. And Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So imagine you're this new believer. You've committed your life to Jesus. You're now a part of this incredible movement called the Church of Jesus Christ. And the king at the time 
starts bringing persecution. I mean, real persecution. He's arresting you for your faith. He's taking two of your church leaders, John, he's killed him by the sword, and he's arrested the other Peter, and he's in prison. You can read this story on your own later, but um, the church begins to pray, and I'll show you in a minute, but God miraculously answers the church of the prayer, or answers the prayer of the church. In fact, let me remind you, in all of this persecution, and all of this opposition, The church's first response, their first reaction, Luke tells us, was this. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Luke tells us that their response to to John's brother James being killed by the sword, to Peter being arrested, and to this persecution, the church's response was to earnestly pray. What is our response when we are challenged? And I love that word, earnestly. Again, Luke is very specific about the adverbs that he used. Uh, That word, earnestly, is to be stretched out, to be covered. And today, we are going to stretch out and we are going to cover our kids, cover our students, cover parents, young adults, and others in prayer. But it's so important for us as we remember and as we think about, we face these challenges. One, our challenges are not the same as they are for so many believers across the world and it was for those first followers. But two, and more importantly, our first response to challenges must be prayer. I've invited a team to come up here. You guys, would you join me on the platform? Um, I want you to hear some of the challenges that our kids are facing, our students are facing, that young adults are facing, that parents are facing. And then we are going to turn this into a prayer meeting where we earnestly pray, where we stretch out our hands when we cover these needs in prayer. Let me remind you of James' words when he said, he asked the question, are any of you in trouble? Is anyone among you in trouble? What is our response? What should be our first response? That we would pray. Let me introduce you to some of our team here. For many of you, you know who they are. And for kids and students, these are familiar faces to you. But for others, they're not. Uh, this is Krista Schlereth. And uh, easy for you to say. It's, uh, this is our kids director. And um, now you have a team that isn't here as well. I know Tracy and Anna are a part of that. And there are so many that are volunteering. But um, we uh, minister to around 250 kids every weekend. And that goes from babies and nurseries all the way through um, fifth grade. Yeah. And so I I want you uh, just to explain to them, what are some of the challenges that our young kids are facing? Sure. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Um, I I know it's not a surprise to any of you, but I think one of the biggest challenges that our kids are facing is that um, at younger ages than we've ever seen before, they're being invited to challenge the very core of who God has created them to be. Um, And so... um, it is easy for our kids to get confused um, and to um, not be sure of who they are. Um, but um, yeah, that's one of the biggest challenges. The other is it is also not a surprise. The last couple of years um, in education has been really difficult on our kids. And um, they they don't have safe spaces. They are, um, some kids are further behind than others. Some kids are really struggling and, and school has just been really, really difficult. And so I would say those are probably the two biggest challenges is um, this challenge to the core identity of who God has created them to be and then safe places to learn. Our response today is going to be to pray. And it's just as I challenged you last week, I'm going to ask that you don't just sit there and listen to Krista as she prays, 
But um, those that, I know some of you, I see the kids are on your lap. Maybe you see a child that's in front of you or behind you. I want you to, without scaring them, um, (laughs) just to place your hand on them. Maybe for some of you, extend your hands. Grandparents, you're here. Maybe your grandkids aren't here. I want you to pray over your grandkids. Um, Maybe you have nieces or nephews that aren't here today, but let's pray over the children that are in this room right now and um, pray over the kids that are facing these challenges. Krista, would you lead us? Yeah. Um, Kiddos, we're going to pray, and I am so excited to hear that you are here. So don't be afraid to make some noise. But uh, Jesus, we just thank you. We love you. We thank you for every boy and girl that is in this room. We thank you, God, for your truth, that you have created them with a plan and a purpose. You designed every hair on their head. You designed their personalities. You designed their strengths and their giftings and their weaknesses. And you did not make one mistake when you made them. We pray, Jesus, that you would help every boy and girl to understand how deeply and dearly loved they are by you, Jesus. We pray that their identity would be rooted and rock solid in your word, Jesus. And that um, they would come to a saving knowledge of you. And that they would learn how to grow into the young boy and young girl and a man and woman who follows hard after you and is confident in who you've created them to be. We pray, Jesus, for hope and for um, passion over our boys and girls. We pray, Lord, that you would help us as the grown-ups in their lives to teach them that it's okay to make mistakes, that it's okay to not have all the answers yet, um, but also to speak that truth over them. You have given us the opportunity to um, just be a community around these boys and girls, whether it's biological family or extended family as the church here. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would use us um, in the development of these kiddos. And we thank you, God, for the beautiful things that you are going to do in their lives and for the privilege of being a part of that and getting to see how they grow and develop. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would... um, work in a mighty way in our kids' lives and that you would um, even go before them in their schools um, and create safe spaces for them to learn and to grow and to work. And that, again, you would use us um, to speak truth over them, um, that it's okay to not be good at math sometimes and it's okay to not be good at reading, but that you have created them with a unique purpose. And we pray, Lord, um, just for your love over our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Krista, there may be some parents here that just haven't connected their kids yet to kids' ministry or grandparents that want to tell their children about um, how they can get their kids plugged in. When are you meeting and how are you walking along um, kids? Yeah, so if you're not a part of kids yet and you're a kid, you should be. So come join us. Um, All you got to do is come downstairs. And um, like Pastor Allen said, from birth, my 10-week-old is downstairs right now, through fifth grade, we'd love to have you. We worship, we play, we have small group talk together, Um, we're creative, we do art projects and all kinds of fun things, and we'd love for you to join us. Um, With the curriculum that we have right now, we have parent pages, so every kid that comes to children 
children's ministry learns the same lesson on a Sunday, and you can then have parent pages to take home to continue the discipleship of your kids. Um, I'm a mama of three, and I know that um, it is our job, my husband and I, to disciple our kids, but as in our kids' ministry, we want to help in any way we can. Um, so we're here for you parents. Um, so yeah, if you're a kid in kids' ministry, I'm glad you're here in service in big church today, but come join us downstairs for kids next week. We show our appreciation for Krista and the team. Thank you. Yeah, as we talk about kids and students, she brings up a good point. I just want you to know, it's, it's not ACAC's job to raise your kids. It's, it's not even our job to teach your kids about Jesus. That's your job. Amen. <laughs> our job is to walk alongside you as parents, okay? So I just want to make that clear as we go through. Uh, trying to make your job easier. Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Joel Amani and Pastor Joe, uh, this is our student ministries staff. And um, again, you guys are doing an amazing job, but um, I know middle school and high school isn't easy. So we're going to have about an hour of prayer right now. <laughs> just ex- I'm joking. Uh, it won't be an hour. But, um, you know, being in middle school and high school is a lot different than when I was in middle school and high school, and especially for some of them. Um, but tell us, what are each of you, I know, have, what are some of the challenges that our middle school and high school students are facing? Yeah, one challenge that we are seeing with middle school and high school is mental health, anxiety, depression. And post-COVID, right, we've seen kind of the data that's been out there. But it's not just something that, like, you read on the Internet. It's something that we're seeing within our students. And just in the last month, uh, one of our students shared with one of our leaders that, that they have struggled with severe anxiety over the last couple of years. And it has impacted the way that they live their life. And this student was sharing that she just falls asleep a lot at school, at home. She can't sleep at night. And she says, when, I'm, when I sleep, it's the only time that I can get my mind from stop racing. And just last week, we had a student that shared that they were feeling really overwhelmed with some anxiety. And in our worship service, we spent time, just like you guys, worshiping in prayer. And Sunday afternoon, we got a text that, that shared that she experienced the peace and the joy of Jesus through worship and prayer. Yeah, we can clap for that. And these are not just the only students. There's a lot of others. So that's a challenge that they're facing. Hi, one of the other challenges we're seeing students really um, trying to navigate are issues of identity, especially body image, body dysmorphia, and gender um, identity. Uh, 24-7 social media and in school, outside of school, they're having to um, just deal with different perspectives of how they should view their body, if their body is good, even as young men and young women. They have so many questions, and we're seeing that come up with our middle schoolers and high schoolers, that they're asking questions to what is the truth in regards to my identity. Um, And uh, they're looking for answers, and we should be a place that they can go and get the truth of those answers. Amen. Another challenge is we always oftentimes think teens don't care about family, what they actually do. If we look at our prayer wall in student ministries, there's post-its of prayers of praying for siblings or parents because... These teens are experiencing the weight, the heaviness of family. They're witnessing separation, uh, divorce, financial struggles, um, and the list goes on and on and on. And in many ways, they oftentimes don't feel like they can share those things. So they feel alone. 
or feel isolated or for what some of our eighth grade boys said, they feel lost. And throughout the pandemic and even to this point now, they felt this is the most lost they've ever felt before. Lost in a relationship with God, relationship with their peers, as well as relationship with their family. But as we've been walking alongside them, our leaders have been walking alongside them, there is this draw closer and closer to God as well as to one another. Do me a favor. If you're in middle school or high school today, would you be brave enough to just raise your hand? Middle school and high school students. Okay. Got a lot. Got a few in here. If you're around them, again, don't scare them. Um, just place your hand on them. Moms, dads, if you're sitting with your kids, your students, place your hand on them. For the rest of you, extend your hand towards our students today. Can we just pray? Let's stretch out and cover them in prayer. Would you guys lead us? Father God, we just come before you today saying thank you. Thank you for your love, your grace and mercy that follows us and chases us all the days of our lives. Dear Lord, we come today saying thank you for these teens that you have created in your image, God. When the world tells them that they are not worthy, when they are not enough, God, we know that because they are image bearers, they are enough in you, Lord. I pray that these young people know their true identity in you, that they are a chosen and royal priesthood, God, that they cannot be so lost, so broken, that you do not give your love to them freely, Lord. I pray for a spirit of boldness, of courage, of um, energy, of joy to just pour out over these teens, Lord, that in as they are wrestling with the after effects of COVID, God, that they would trust in you, that they know that you have good plans, that you have a hope for them, God. Lord, I pray that they can be humble, a humble generation that goes to you in prayer, God. When they are lost, when they are confused, when they don't have the answer to those big questions of life, God, that they can come to you. I pray that your truth echoes inside of them, that they are able to be light to this world, God, that they would be able to be extensions of your kingdom, God, that their homes, that their schools, that their communities would look different because they are there. Lord, we pray over them as they navigate school, as they navigate social media, God, that they know that you are there, that you are real, and you are constant. Dear God, we thank you for what you have done through them, what you are doing in them, and what you will continue to do. Let your Holy Spirit reign in them every single day of their lives. Dear God, we thank you. We love you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tell us, how can uh, students connect with you uh, when you meet? Yeah, so it is our goal to equip and create opportunities for students to follow Jesus in diverse communities. So... Three things, we want students to know Jesus, that they would have a deep understanding of who God is, and that they would know the gospel. We want them to create opportunities for them to experience Jesus through worship and prayer and godly community. And we challenge them to live for Jesus, that they would live on mission for Jesus, and that they would expand his kingdom. And we do it, we emphasize doing it together. And we have a lot of fun in student ministries. Uh, it has been awesome being over in the hub, being on the second floor. Um, you have probably heard us up there. So <laughs> not going to apologize for that. But we meet Wednesday nights, 630 to 830, Sunday mornings, all three services. So if you're not a part of it, we would just love for you to be a part of the community, for us to grow together, worship together, and laugh together. So come ask us questions. Come check it out. We'd love for you to be a part of student ministries. Amen. All right, this is Kishore Velodi. And, uh, well, let's give, our, let's give our student team, sorry. 
Almost forgot to thank them. Uh, Kishore, you and your family, you're sitting right here in the front row. You guys have been a part of ACAC for several years. And um, we can't leave parents out because kids and students aren't the only ones with challenges. All the parents said amen. Um, so tell us, like, give us uh, a little description of your family, age of children, and then what are some of the challenges that parents are facing right now, yeah. raising kids? Wow, age of children. You know, I'm glad my wife is here to help me with that one. Um, no, we have, uh, we have four kids. They're all teenagers. So at 714, when you're doing your prayer, at 715, pray for the Velodis, okay? That's a lot of teenagers. Um, so uh, we... Uh, we recognize that the kids are under attack, and we also know that some of that attack comes from uh, the way that the enemy attacks parents, right? Knowing that if marriages were somehow disrupted, then that would filter into the whole family. So we recognize that as parents, and as we were dropping our kids off for student ministries, um, we recognized that there was a need to have a parent group uh, here at ACAC as well. Uh, one, to provide support for parents, and two, because the pocketbook got light, a lot lighter going out to eat downtown every Wednesday night. So, um, so we, we, we recognized that need. And so, so we wanted to make sure we had this place that was safe for parents to come and to join together and to be able to share some of the struggles that we, we go through as parents and techniques and, and strategies that we found that work. If you are, uh, I know we have lots of parents here today, but specifically, if your children are either in that kids' ministry age from birth through fifth grade or if they're in middle and high school, uh, would those parents just raise your hand today? Look at this. Look at this. Okay, here's what I want us to do. We're going to pray for parents, but kids and students, I want you to be the first one to pray for mom and dad. So um, kids, I want you to grab your mom's hand, your dad's hand. Uh, I don't care even if you're grounded right now. I want you to pray for mom and dad. <laughs> that was for somebody out here. Um, for the rest of you, if you saw that hand that's near you, just put your hand on their shoulder or extend your hand. Come on, let's pray for those moms and dads of kids and students today. Kishore, would you lead us? Lord, we come before you today, God, as uh, those who are parents in the room, those who our parents, maybe even indirectly, just through the work that they do with children through this church, Lord God, we just, we know that there are so many kids out there that just need that strong, strong parent bond or some sort of bond with an adult who could care for them. And Lord, we ask for the strength for the parents in this place, Lord God, to remind us as we sang this morning, God, that from you are all things, including the gifts of these children, Lord. And God, and to you are all things, Lord, that we would help them to know you, God, that we would be emboldened and strengthened, God, in our own faith, that the children that we have been, in, have, have been given to us by you, Lord, that we would deflect all of them to you for your glory, God. God, we thank you for how you work in all of our lives and all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Kishore, you mentioned it. I mean, my kids are in young adults, but um, I, I remember and even know even now Oftentimes, one of the challenges is, you know, mom has this opinion, dad has this opinion, and it can put pressure on the marriage, on how to raise children. And I was thrilled to hear that you have a group of parents that are meeting because oftentimes we feel alone, yeah. and that's a challenge. So there may be moms and dads here that drop their kids off on Wednesday night for midweek, and they're looking to connect. Yeah. When and where can they find you? Yeah, so we are meeting at the Union Place building, the Red Brick building, three buildings down now. Uh, from here on the fifth floor. So if you uh, walk into that building, you hit number five on the elevator. The elevator doors open up. 
to the happiest place on earth at his parent connection group. I see you guys back there. Yeah, come on. Give me an amen. All right. So, so we are a group of ent- very, very welcoming parents. Everybody is invited. If you are a parent, you are invited to come and join us for this. You could be a single parent, a widow. Uh, uh, you could be divorced. You could have the uh, be happily married. You could be unhappily married. You are welcome there. You could have the greatest amount of knowledge of the Bible. You could be a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist. You could have no knowledge of the Bible, have nothing to even want to do with this God. You are welcome with us. You could be parents of little ones or big ones. You are welcome. Have you been invited? Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> We're happy to announce that parent group is sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have had that extra coffee in between services. That's all right. This is Pastor Ashley, and uh, many of you know uh, she came on staff uh, not too long ago to, to help really minister to our young adults. Uh, an area near and dear to my heart, as my wife and I have two young adult children. And um, Ashley, just help us, because the challenges that our young adults are facing are different. I know there's overlap, but share with this group, what are some of the challenges our young adults are facing? Yeah, and I will specifically give a disclaimer of what we identify as young adults, because sometimes we got people that are like, I'm 70 and I'm a young adult. You are, but not in this case. Uh, so we identify young adults in that transitional period, um, 18 to 30-ish. And so we just want, uh, yeah, the ish is important because 30 looks different for all of us. And we understand you can, look, you can be single, you can be dating, you can be married. But we just want to create a space for you to connect with community. And so there's a couple of things that as we, um, as I have been spending time with our young adults, there's a couple of things that I've noticed is they're looking for authentic connection. They're looking for a place of belonging. They're looking for a place of, as they have navigated the things in when they're in maybe high school and in college, they're looking for a place to ask those questions that they may have been too afraid to ask uh, when they were Uh, with their parents or with whoever. And so we really just want to create the space for that as well as that they're also figuring out how do they walk how do they do this this Christian life? Their friends may, all of their friends may not be Christian. And so what does it look like to share the gospel with maybe coworkers or just understand what God says about them in this new season of life? And so uh, those are some ways or things that we've, we've seen as uh, challenges. All right, so where, where are young adults at? Raise your hand. Where are you at? 18 to 30-ish in afraid. here. All right. All right. I love this group. And uh, I just want to say we love you here. We need you here. And um, if you have a young adult that is near you, would you just place your hand on their shoulder or extend your hand towards them? Come on, Ashley, just pray over our young adults. Let's cover them in prayer. And so, most gracious God, we are so very thankful for each and every one of these young adults who belong here at ACAC, that they are not overseen, that they are not overlooked, but they have a special place here um, in this congregation to just build upon what they have learned, but also that they can teach God. And so, as they are in their schools and as they're in their um, 
at their universities, maybe they're in their trade, maybe they're at work. God, may they be the beacon of light in which you have called them to be. May they walk in boldness and courage as they share the gospel with maybe their coworkers, their friends. God, you just remind them of how you have created them, God, that you have just done so such amazing things in their lives. And as they look back on their, their lives, they're able to see how you have threaded each and every one of their events to be at this moment to share the gospel with whomever that they have been called to share. God, may we be people that come alongside of them but uh, and, and talk to them and encourage them. May we be a congregation that loves them, that loves them well, that will mentor them, Father. May we just be a people that see them for who they are, not the struggles that they're facing, but see them as individuals that who need guidance, ultimately from you, Father. And so I pray that as we uh, walk alongside these young adults, as they walk uprightly in your righteousness, Father, that they would be loved and cherished by this church, but also by you, Father. And so we thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. How can they connect with you, Pastor Ashley? Yeah, so if you have never connected with me, I will be probably over there at the end of, probably, I will be over there at the end of service. Um, so make sure that you come and say hi to me. I just would love to get connected. So Mondays at 6.30, we have a special time for young adults. We're on the second floor of the hub. That is uniquely for you. There, there is nobody else that is in that space that is uniquely for you that is uh, so you can build community. We also are intentional about quarterly we meet with other churches to have um, times of prayer and so if that's something times of prayer prayer and worship um, if that's something that you're interested in um, please connect with me about that we also if you are here for the beginning of service we also have a singles conference coming up next Saturday um, and so if you uh, are dating or single and you're in this kind of age of 18 to 40 you're more than welcome to attend that and so those are the ways that you can connect yeah. Thank you. Pastor Ashley. I'm going to be honest. We saved the best for last. This is Sharon White. Many of you know who she is. Oh, you got a fan base. Sharon is on our staff and uh, is our community care director and does some amazing things. And as we were, uh, it's really I was praying about. What, what are we gonna pray for during this corporate time of prayer? There were two groups that I, I really was convicted that as a church, we often neglect and forget. One is our widows, and the other are those that are called to singleness. Um, too often when we talk about church family, we just assume everybody's married and everybody has kids, and that's not the case. Uh, there are those that have lost a spouse. There are those that uh, God has called to be single. The Apostle Paul was single and never had children. And so, uh, Sharon, I'm so thrilled you're here. And you, you were telling me a little of your journey and story. Yes. You were married when you were 17. You didn't even get to be a young adult. You just went straight from teenage, teenager to married. And, um, and then you lost your husband at the age of 50. And so um, would you just share with them what are some of the challenges that widows are facing and then, uh, and even adult singles. Well, first, I don't encourage anybody to get married at 17. Uh, <laughs> that was something special that the Lord did in my heart and in my husband's heart. Uh, but I do want to uh, talk about uh, what the challenges are as a, a widow. And those challenges are that you're not, you don't feel seen within the church. Uh, you blend in with everybody, but nobody knows the pain and the agony 
and the challenges that you are facing uh, without your spouse. And so I, I just want to thank Pastor Allen. I, I never shared that story with anybody until recently with uh, first his wife. We went to lunch once some months ago, and then I shared this with Pastor Allen in the fifth floor kitchen. And so, uh, yes, uh, being a widow has its challenges. And uh, I, I, I tell people that there's a scripture that says the two shall become one. And you don't know what that scripture really means until one of you is no longer on this side of life. And you literally feel like you're walking around like half a person. And so there is truth to scripture. And everything that he says is true. Uh, I also would like to... Uh, talk about those that are called to singleness. Uh, you probably are challenged with the fact that why am I not married or why has God put me here? We can't answer that question, but you need to trust him and know that you have purpose and there is a meaning for you, meaningfulness in your purpose and what you, what God would have you to do in that status, social status. Yeah. If you're here today and you're willing to raise your hand as someone who is a widow and an adult single, would you just lift your hand? We want to pray for you today. Yeah. If you see those hands that are raised, can you just extend your hand towards them? Maybe place their hand on their shoulder. Sharon, let's cover them in prayer. Father, first of all, Lord, we want to give you all the praise, honor, and glory, Lord, because you are who you say you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, Lord, your word also tells us that in this world you will have trouble. And we're to take heart because you have overcome the world. But trouble, when you become a widow, uh, that is a trouble that uh, far exceeds what anyone can understand what that feels like. But, Lord, you are a God who's good. Uh, you are right there with us. You, your word tells us you will never leave us nor forsake us. And that is so true. You don't know that until you walk that journey. And those of you widows out there, if you're not part of the ministry here, I just ask that you would reach out and not, not feel like that you have nowhere to turn. Uh, you turn to Jesus, and Jesus will be the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path in this journey. And you have a purpose. And we say all these things in your matches and powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sharon, just specifically with those who are widows, um, I did not know this till last night. How many widows are there that you're aware of that worship here at ACAC? 110. 110. Um, tell them, how can they connect with you in the, in the ministry that God's called you to do? If you are a widow or you know of someone who is a widow, please have them call me right here at the church. We don't get together and talk about how sad we are and what we aren't able to do. We, I won't let that happen anyway. But we, we have a time of fellowship, and we uh, have speakers come and encourage us, and um, we have a delicious meal served by our Joe G here. Would you stand to your feet this morning? All of us face challenges one way or another. Kids, I know you face challenges. Students, I know you do as well. Young adults college students, married couples, grandparents, widows, singles, leave here today recognizing that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Before we go, um, I, I do wanna challenge, as your pastor, if you're visiting us today, this isn't for you. Um, 
we have nearly a couple thousand people that call ACAC their church home, worship here on a weekend. I'm actually embarrassed to tell you this, but I think the number is less than 200 that serve in these different areas and use their gifts. That number and that percentage is way off. And you need to recognize as you have heard the challenges today that our kids face, our students, our young adults, widows, we need your gifts. We need your presence, really. We need your listening ear. Some of you, God has called to pour into our kids, to teach them about Jesus. Others, it's been to serve our middle school and high school students. You don't all have to teach. For some of you, it's just being there. <laughs> it's just being a listening ear. It's participating in a game, maybe serving in nursery, walking alongside widows, walking alongside parents and encouraging them because you have raised kids. I'm asking you to pray. Um, Paul says that we are all members of one body. And if one member isn't there, if the hand's not there, we're not functioning fully. So all of us have a place to be involved. If the Lord puts that on your heart, you know who they are. Reach out to them and get involved. With that, in the name of Jesus Christ, go before us today. May we be people of prayer. Lord, we pray for our family today. It looks different. We have different backgrounds and perspectives. Lord, fan that flame of prayer in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, don't forget to stop in and see Pastor Trey. For those of you who want to connect with our Steel Valley campus pastor, God bless you. You're dismissed.